there, this is Jen Wade, part of the core team here at Springs Church. We just want to say thank you so much for joining us and listening to our podcast. We are praying that it encourages you and it inspires you. And if you'd like to find out more about Springs Church, please visit our website, springschurch.co.uk. Here's today's message. Awesome. Can we stand? Let's pray for the Word of God. Father, we thank you as we stand. We stand ready to receive. I want to say to you today, Lord, speak for your servants are listening. We want to be good soil that receives your word. There's nothing wrong with your word, Lord, but you're always looking for good soil. You're looking for soil that can receive the potential of what could be and should be. So, Lord, we receive your word. We, we are open to what you want to say. We want to say, speak for your servants are listening. Lord, we are receptive, teachable, and we want faith to rise because we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And Lord, we don't need faith for what we can do. We need faith for what we cannot do, and we are called to do things we cannot do. So God, we thank you for today. Let your seed be implanted in a, planted in a great, fertile soil, a receptive soil in Jesus' name. If you believe that, say amen and amen and amen. All right, all victory to the Springboks. I want, to, I want to speak this afternoon about being resilient and building a strong, resilient, overcoming spirit. I was yesterday with my nephew in Cambridge, and he, he was telling me, he heard a saying, he said, I'd rather be a warrior in the garden than a gardener, a gardener in, a, in a war. And it kind of makes sense because we need to be warriors in every season, every place, because we're going to be ready in season and out of season, the Bible says, to give an account of the hope that's within us. And so I want us to know what Paul says. I want you to prosper and increase and become strong in your spirit, soul, and body. We want to be resilient people, strong people. We can learn about all the names of God. We can understand everything that God is and all that God can do. But what are we meant to be? How are we meant to respond? What kind of a people is God wanting us to be? I want to speak about that today. So uh, the, word, you know, the word resilient in the, in the dictionary says it's the capacity to withstand or to recover quickly. Somebody say quickly. If you say quickly, I've quickly finished the sermon. Come on, all you sinners, quickly. There we go. To recover quickly from difficulties. Anybody had difficulties in the last month? There we go, we're in the right place. Toughness. It's also the ability of a substance to, to, or an object to spring. There we go, there's Spring Church. To spring back into shape. It's about elasticity. Now, we must remember first and foremost that Jesus himself is a model of resilience. If you ever wanted to study a character on resilience, who was resilient? The Bible was Jesus. Um, he fought through temptations, persecutions. Uh, he fought through crucifixion, as you all know about. And, and when, what we, the Bible shows us clearly that he was able to do that because he knew where he was from. He knew who he was and knew where he was going. He, that's why when he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, he, he understands that. But the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything. Come on, somebody say everything. If you want to get to where God wants you to be, if you want to do what He wants you to do, there are some things you've got to let go of tonight. There are some things you've got to say no to tonight. There are some things you've got to put off tonight. He says, therefore, put off, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. That's why you don't have to, dis to create your future. You don't have to create your destiny. You just have to discover it. 
It's already marked out for you. God says, I know the plans that I have for you. Come on, Jeremiah 29. God has already in mind the things that He has for you. But it says, you need to run with perseverance. Your job is to be resilient. Your job is to run, but to run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. Fix our eyes, our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before Him. Now, here we go. We see that the writer of Hebrews is saying, here's an example. Jesus is our example. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross. He was, he was tenacious. He, he, he had resilience. He endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him. That's what we're going to do tonight. Consider Him. Consider His Word. Consider His example. Who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That's why I want to speak about resilience because I don't want you to grow weary. I don't want you to lose heart. I want you to be strong in the Lord. I want you to be a warrior in your garden, a warrior in the war, a warrior in battle. And so today we're talking about developing a tough spirit, a tough soul, and a tough body. And I've got time, but you go look at Genesis 39, and you go look at Joseph. We know Joseph was a tough cat. We know that Esther, she was some queen. She was awesome. She was strong. She said, I mean, I'm going to do this. And, uh, and, she, and, and the Bible tells us clearly that they were phenomenal, resilient people. But I want to talk about principles tonight about what's going to build resilience. I want to give you some, some handles tonight. Can I do that? A couple of handles. Like, How am I going to be a stronger person tomorrow? And, because it's not about Sundays. It's about where does Jesus go on a Monday? It's a strong from to a strong to. So we want you to be strong in your home, in your community, in your workplace. Number one, if you have big trials, how many of you have had big trials in life? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a senior citizen already. I've had lots of trials. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't laugh at my at senior citizens, all right? You should, come on now. You know, how many of you have had big trials? Three people. All right, so big trials. Well, if you have big trials, you need big faith. How many of you know you've had big faith for big trials? Remember I said in the prayer, you don't need faith for what you can do. You need faith for what you cannot do. And God's called us to do, to do things that we cannot do. Otherwise, why do we need God? So we need faith, and we need a big faith. And Rick James says it like this. Most trials seem on the surface to present themselves to us as obstacles that prevent us from living a godly life. But trials are not actually obstacles, though they often feel that way. Watch this. They are the fuel for getting to our goals. From now on, when you have trials, opposition, difficulties, you go, wow, the fuel has arrived. You know, we say petrol in South Africa. The fuel, the gas in America has arrived. I, God's giving me more gas when you have more trials, when you have more difficulties, when you have more opposition. Oh, my goodness, that stone that's in front of you, it's not a stone, it's a stepping stone. You know, it's, it's a step up to what God has for me. Can somebody say Amen. Somebody once said, God uses our trials to build our faith, to draw us closer to Him, and gives us a testimony of His faithfulness for others to see. The Bible says in Revelation, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives even unto death. Now, how do you have a testimony? What is a testimony? A testimony is the proven work of God, the divine intervention of God into your life, the miraculous work of God in your life that requires enormous faith, requires obedience, requires big vision. I mean, big vision for what He's going to do here. So you'll have a testimony, but you can't. Man, we want a victory, but we don't want to fight. Right now, England is fighting for their lives. To get into the semifinals. You know, many of us, we, we want the fruit, but we don't want the work. 
We want the victory, but we don't want the battle. The battle belongs to those that are in the arena. We've got to be a people because God's going to give you a testimony, but the testimony is what He's going to show you and do through your life in the midst of your trials. Can somebody say, I get it. Any form of resistance to what we want will ultimately show us what is in our hearts. It will reveal the depth of our faith in God. It is also easily to be blown over when we are rudderless in the ocean, when we, when we are not rooted in faith in God. The Bible calls it being tossed to and fro, easily affected by the wind. What is Ephesians 4 all about? We haven't got time to look there. But it's about maturing people so that they won't be tossed to and fro. What's the goal of God? Is to get you to become matured, strong. If, if anything, our faith must be strengthened in times of adversity, not weakened. God's not intending you to become weaker when there's adversity. He's wanting you to become stronger. Tell the person next to you, a stronger you. Become a preacher tonight. Preach to some people tonight. But James says it like this, and we don't like James chapter 1. It says, consider it all pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Well, that's one scripture that the Pentecostals, Charismatics are not claiming. We don't want to own that one. Of many kinds, because you know, which the truth is, we should know these things. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, resilience. Let resilience, perseverance finish its work. Why does God want to use this in your life? Because he wants, to, he wants to finish something so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Can you get it? That's what God's intention is. He doesn't want you to lack anything. He wants you to be fulfilled. He wants you to be strong. He wants you to be, to, to be able to, um, to comprehend the, this enormous will of God in your life, the calling over your life. The questions you need to be asked when you're tested is this. What is this testing producing? Is it, is it perseverance? What does perseverance result in? Watch that. Maturity and wholeness. If you're feeling half-baked, if you're not feeling whole, if you're feeling weak, well, then maybe you, you, you've not fully understood the power of trials and difficulties and calamities and opposition. Romans 5 says this, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know, everybody say we know, by the time we leave tonight, we're going to we know. We know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance carries. Hey, how many of you want some hope tonight? Come on, who wants hope? The Bible says in, two, in Corinthians, in these three abide, faith, hope, and love. How many of you want love? How many of you want hope? How many of you want faith? Come on. You want, okay, let me set you up. You know I'm setting you up. That's why you're like holding your hand down. I'm putting my hand up. I know where you're going. Your preachers are all the same. You're setting us up. I am setting you up. So how many of you want hope? Come on. You should all want hope because the Paul says we need to abide there. We need to live there. Well, you know, it says it. You need to have suffering because it produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. It's, the Bible said it. Don't, don't get mad at me because you look at me like, oh, you're not coming back to this church. <laughs> James 1 verse 3, for you know, can everybody say, we know. Come on, we know. That when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to do all things. Oh, my goodness. It's like a power plug. It's a socket. This is like an EV on steroids. Something like an EV. What's an EV? IV? No, no, no. It's like it's an electric current that you're just receiving into your life. 
It's so 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 negative. You know, what the devil has in mind, God will use for good. Right? The Bible says that. So what he intends for your harm, no, no. God says, I'm gonna I'm gonna EV this. I'm gonna electrify you. I'm gonna get you so full of power and anointing and authority because this is getting you ready for your victory. Let me give you the example of somebody who persevered. Uh, how many of you have eaten K- KFC? Come on, eat KFC people, yeah. Same three people putting up their hands. Thanks for hiring, thanks for hiring those three people tonight. Just make sure we pay them. Okay. You know, one of those who persevered uh, is, is Colonel Sanders. Now, he didn't start KV, KFC until he was 60 years old. I'm 61. So it's like me now starting KFC. I can do it, brother. But he, he started it after he received his first social grant check or social security check, which I think is social grant here. And that's when most people are taught to hang it up, cross off the bucket list, fall asleep watching TV every day. And he worked from age 60 to 73 to master his technique and grow his business. And this often came at the expense of sleeping in his car. And it was hard work, but he loved it, and he especially loved the food. And when he sold the company, he earned millions of dollars and lived out the rest of his life in comfort, not needing to depend on his social security check. I mean, it's just a a guy, Colonel Sanders. But, you know, many times I'm eating that chicken. I'm saying, thank you, Colonel. I'm grateful to Colonel. But you know what? He, he, He paid a price. And I can tell you many business, entrepreneurial examples of people. Aren't you glad that Thomas Edison kept going with a light bulb? Aren't you glad? Because look at the lights. Look at these fairy lights. Oh, beautiful fairy lights in the church. Happy Christmas. Okay, so number one, quickly, I've got to move on. Big trials equals big faith. Number two, why, why must we be resilient? Well, it's for eternity. You've got to understand this. God wants you resilient today because it has an eternal consequence. 1 Peter 1 verse 7 says, these have, gone, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of, of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So, so tough times are for good times. Tough times are designed for the best times. So in verse 4, because we did 1 Peter 1 verse 7, but in verse 4, we haven't got time to go there, but it talks about inheritance that can never perish. It can never spoil. It can never fade. This, this inheritance is kept in heaven for you. So God has an inheritance for you, but He wants to get you ready for that inheritance. He wants you resilient so that you can get to that place of eternity. Verse 6 of of 1 Peter 1 says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, because we like verse 4, the inheritance that never spoils, never fails, never perishes. It's kept in heaven for me. Let's stop right there and go home. But then we've got to read verse 6. Everybody say, in all of this. Can you say that? In all of this? It says, in all of this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer griefs of all kinds of trials. Oh, my goodness. Romans 8 verse 18 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. (laughs) Don't be so short-minded. Don't be so short-sighted that you only see... The, the difficulty, you don't see what it can produce. You don't see what's going to come. You don't see the goodness that comes out of that. I mean, when you go to gym, 
you train hard, you hurt your muscles, you stiff, you sore. But later down the road, I'm busy doing intermittent fasting. Anybody on intermittent fasting? All right. I've lost 11 kilograms. How many stone is that? Because we don't speak like stone all over the world. We only pick up stones and throw stones. But, uh, but, but you know what? It's hard work initially, but I'm so glad of the outcome. And we don't, anyway, let's move on. Number three, there are no shortcuts. If you want to be resilient and you need to be resilient, there are no shortcuts to breakthrough or success. You got to understand that. Is there a picture there of a truck? There we go. There, look at that. You know, how many people have just thought, well, I'll just take it this road. I'll just cut in this way. I'll just, I'll just cut it. You know, this, there's a shortcut because uh, we don't want to pay the price. We don't want to take the right road, the long road, the, the proper road, because we're just either just too lazy, we just, couldn't, we just don't have an understanding. But Galatians 6 verse 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, everybody say proper time. You know, if you, if you respond back, I preach very quickly. Proper time. Look at you. For the proper time, you will reap a harvest. Watch that. If we do not give up. Got to be resilient. Can't give up. Not going to give up. Don't give up. Do not give up. We will never, never, never. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Do, not, do you not know that in a race, all the runners race? It's interesting how Paul says, do you not know? And he says, we know. You should know. James says, we know. It's, like, it's, like, it's almost like a given. He says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, and, but only one gets the prize? Then he says, run in such a way as to get a prize. Resilient people run in a particular way. And Jesus told his followers the parable of the sower, and as he explains the parable, he says the following in Luke 8, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. We want to be fruitful. We want outcomes. We want deliverables. We want to see God, our prayers being answered. We want to see the promise of God being realized, but we don't want to persevere. We don't want to run in such a way. We don't want to hear the Word of God. We don't want to retain it. You know, and we don't want to be resilient. But we want the crop. Number four, quickly, time's gone. The reason why we want to be resilient is because perseverance, resilience is for Him. The reason why we are all here tonight is because it's for Him. It's all to the glory of God. You have to make Jesus famous. And uh, so what's the goal of being resilient? And what's the goal of persevering? Well, Hebrews 10, 36 says, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. So the reason why you need to be resilient and persevere because that's how you fulfill the will of God. And when you fulfill the will of God, well, then that gives glory to God. And the result is you receive the fulfillment of the promise. You receive what He says He will do. We want the promise without the practice. Oh, I should write that down. Write down. You know, we, we, if somebody once said, if you practice the principles, you benefit from the principles you practice. Now, now, these trials, all this persevering, believe it or not, is actually what keeps you going. In John 4, this, look what Jesus said. He said in verse 34, my food, said Jesus. In other words, what Jesus is saying, what, what gets me going, what keeps me going, what makes me get up in the morning, what makes me come here to celebration, what makes me help go be in small groups, what makes me serve my, my heart out, what makes me come as a missionary to Africa. He says it's to do the will of Him who sent me and to finish 
His work. You want to be fed? Do the will of God. But how do you know you're doing the will of God? Well, you're realizing that He's sent you, and He's called you, and He's released you, but that you got to finish the job. Number five, quickly, perseverance ensures a big stretch. Everybody put your hands right above your head. Let's stretch. This is probably the most you've stretched in the last three months. But you know that if you don't stretch, you'll hurt your body. If you don't stretch, you do not, you, there's no flexibility. If you're not stretching spiritually, you, you're not able to ride with the roughness of times. And James 1 verse 4 says, Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, and not lacking anything. It's a big stretch in life. Revelations 2 verse 3, you have persevered, you have stretched, you have endured, you have stretched hardship for my name, and you have not grown weary. You're flexible in Jesus' name. No wind can come. Oh, come on. Boom. Here we go. Here we go. Revelations 2 says, God says, I know your deeds. I know your love, your faith, your service, your perseverance, and that you are now doing. This is why you need to be able to stretch. This is why you've got to be able to have endurance and perseverance and resilience and flexibility. So that, listen to this, you're now doing more than you did at first. God wants to do immeasurably more than you could ever think, dream, or imagine. But let me say how it works. One thing, one breakthrough, you know, begets another breakthrough. One deed of obedience begets another deed of obedience. And so it's not like you suddenly get out there, now you're doing these great things. If you're faithful with the small, he'll make you master over much. Isn't it true? The Bible says that. So when we are faithful with what we've got, what's in your head, what's in your heart, what's in your mind, when you just begin to step out of the boat, as you begin to go, God goes. As you begin to do, God does. That's what he does. I need to finish. A big stretch produces a bigger life and bigger fulfillment. The world of the generous gets larger and larger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Proverbs 14, I'm, I'm almost there. This is like a marathon, eh? There we go. Proverbs 4, 13 verse 4. The sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desire of the diligent, the resilient, are fully satisfied. You want to live a satisfied life, a full life. If you want to be alive in your day, in your age, then quite honestly, learn how to get out of bed. I'm talking about even spiritually. The sluggard is never going to get it. And it says, uh, in the storm during your trials, you're holding on to something, and you need to be holding on to something. I was, I was going to share something about Paul in the boat, and it says the ship is going to come. They're going to perish. You know, they won't perish, but they have to hold on to everything. And, uh, but you know what? We need to hold on to him. I want the worship team to come up. We're going we're, we're gonna to make decisions to hold on to him and to allow him to strengthen us in this time of challenge. Somebody once said, resilience reminds us that we cannot take these trials alone. And God allows for such trials to teach us to rely on Him for strength, wisdom, direction, comfort, and everything else in between. And I like this. They said, never hold on to anything other, or don't hold on to anything tighter than you're holding on to God. If you're holding on to your past tighter than you're holding on to God, you need to let go. If you're holding on to that unforgiveness, if you're holding on to that pain, uh, if you're holding on to those words that were spoken to you, if you're holding on to those failures, rather hold on to Him. Let go and hold on to Him. Chronicle says, 1 Chronicle, Chronicle 16 says, look to the Lord and His strength. Seek His face always. Look to the Lord, but for His strength. 
1 Peter 5 says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, and after you have suffered a little, a little while, will himself restore you. He's the restorer. And he's the builder. And he's the lifter of our heads. He will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Because the goal of resilience as a follower of Christ, what's the goal? Why, why did I come all this way just to tell you this? Well, James tells us, he says, then as your endurance, in verse 4, in the TPT translations, he says, as your resilience, your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing, nothing lacking. And that's your spirit, soul, and body. He loves you too much than to leave you where you are. And He comes to you to take you to where you should be. So we've got to allow Him. But I want us to do something right now, tonight. And Hebrews tells us what to do. He says, as for us, we must have all these... So we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. But He says, so we must let go of every wound that has pierced us. And sin we so easily fall into. Then we'll be able to run life's marathon race with passion, determination, others with resilience. For the path has already been marked out before us. So there's some things we need to go. We need to do. We need to let go. Let go of that pain. Let go of that unforgiveness, bitterness. Let go of that sin, that entanglement, that, that confusion, that everything that you know is bringing you down. Let it go. And I think Paul was right as, as we finish where he says, I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. Interesting. I can't do this by myself. I've been through so much. I nearly died this year up in a mountain. I was going to climb Mira Peak. I've climbed Base Camp Everest. I've climbed Kilimanjaro. And I was going to climb Mira Peak, six and, and a half thousand feet, meters. And nearly, uh, 21,000 feet, I think it is. It's very high. And we hit snowstorms and avalanches. And uh, I slid down the mountain. I thought that was the end of me. And I really thought, I thought, that's it. And you know what? I can't depend on my own strength. I need him. See, David went through so many trials and storms that the only conclusion he could draw was this. David says, and you know David went through so much. And by the way, a lot of it was his own decisions. But God in His grace and His mercy, even when we made bad decisions which results in consequences, God in His kindness and His grace. Listen to what David says. And you know David stuffed up big time, right? I mean, he was an adulterer. He was a murderer. He was like, he was at all. He just kind of fulfilled the whole package. And he says, here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Can somebody say, don't give up? He says, don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave, be courageous. Never lose hope. Yeah, keep on waiting. Why? Because Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'll be with you even until the end. So don't run away. Run too. Let go and let God. You've heard the saying, let him. So I want us to bow our heads and close our eyes for a minute. Come all this way here. Just to encourage you because I want to, sh I want to show you something that God 
knows where you're going through, what you're going through. He knows where you've come from. He knows what you've done. He knows what you've become. But how's this? He knows what you can be. He can take you as you are, and He can help you finish what He wants to do in your life. The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away, and behold, the new has come. So I want us to bow our heads and close our eyes for a minute. And just This is a moment with you and God where you're saying, God, I surrender to you. I'm letting go. I've been holding on to things. It's, it's caused me pain and grief and suffering. And I've not seen what could be and should be in my circumstances. I felt alone in my circumstances. I felt it's just been me. But as you've heard tonight, you're not alone. Jesus, in fact, says it like this in Revelation 3. He says, I stand at the door of your heart to knock. If any man hears my voice and opens up, he said, I'll come in. I'll come in, dine with you, and you with me. The best place we could ever be is the place of intimacy with Jesus. When Adam and Eve messed up, they hid in the bush. God came in the cool of the day and said, Adam, where are you? And Adam says, I was hiding away. God never told him to hide away. He removed himself from God's presence. But God came to look for him. And I believe tonight, God is coming to take us by the hand. And he said, come, I will show you. That's what he said, follow me and I'll make you, Jesus said. I'm going to pray a prayer where you can invite Jesus into your world, into your life, and say, Lord, take my life, lead me. Make me, mold me, shape me. Pray this prayer in your heart, quietly in your heart, dear God. Thank you for speaking to me. Thank you for reaching out to me. Thank you, Lord, that you died on that cross for my sins. You gave your life for me. I've been dead in my sins. I've lived my life without you. But today I choose to surrender to you, to your love, to your mercy, to your forgiveness, and to your care. Come into my life, into my world. Change my life. May it never, ever be the same again from today. Cleanse me of all my sins, I pray. In Jesus' name. No one looking around, every head bowed, every eyes closed. If that was your prayer, I, I want to just pray with you, encourage you, say, well done. If that was you, just slip up your hand and say, Anthony, I prayed that prayer yet tonight. You see, I don't know anybody here. Most people here I don't know, but God knows you. This is the moment. This is the moment where you are reconciled with God in faith and in love and in hope. If that's you tonight, I'd say, Anthony, I'm, I'm, I'm reconciling with God. I've been far from God, but I'm coming into a relationship with Him again. I want to serve Him and walk with Him and live for Him. If that's you, just make sure I see it. Make sure I see it. But maybe there are some of you here today saying, Anthony, I'm trusting God for the future. I, I, I've allowed circumstances and, and trials and tribulations to affect me. But I want to walk in the strength of God. I want to be a warrior in the garden. and not a, I don't want to be a gardener in the war. And I'm prepared for the battles that lie ahead. I want to be strong in my faith. I want to, be to, I want to have tenacity. I want to be tenacious. And Lord, I want to be resilient. 
If that is you, I want to just pray a gentle prayer for you. Would you stand up? You saying, Anthony, I'm going to be that kind of person from tonight. I'm going to stand strong in the Lord, be strong in the Lord, be strong in your faith, because there is a will that He has for you, and there is a finished work that He has for you. And He said, I want you to finish the race, run the race with perseverance, but you need to put it all, some things off, which means we're going to put on the things that help us to finish. So, Father, I pray for every person that's standing. In Jesus' name I pray, strength honor, and courage. I pray, God, for a prevailing spirit. I pray, God, for a heart of faith. I pray for your word to be a seed in their hearts. I pray there a reception of, of your word. Lord, an understanding of your word. And Lord, may their minds be opened up, their hearts be enlarged. As, they, as faith enlarges and grows through them, give them experiences in life. And Lord, may they have the testimonies of the miracles of divine intervention in their world, in their lives. They're ever to be the same again. Lord, this town, this city, this nation, Lord, needs a life-giving church, a life-giving people. And I pray, God, for a resilient church, Lord, a strong spring church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more of our messages, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast channel for past preachers. If you feel like you got something out of today's message, why not share it with your friends and spread the good news of Jesus? We are praying for you. We love you. So please, if you need anything at all, check out springschurch.co.uk. God bless.